Welcome back to Live, Laugh, Lorazepam. Today we're talking about periods. Woo! And the reason we're talking about periods today is because I have mine. And I texted Abby and said, we need to do a mini on periods because I fucking hate it. (laughs) Also, I feel like it's just part of our bodies, our lives. And it's like such a big part of our lives. Like, it's like a full week out of every single fucking month and we're supposed to just pretend like it's not there and but not talk not, about it. It is more than a fucking week. Oh yeah. The leading up. You got the ovulating, ovulation, <laughs> the part when the egg leaves the ovary and that fucking hurts. Some, I get pain during that. I get cramps. Yeah. yeah. But what really pissed me off today is I was in the office and I'm sitting here thinking the men in this building <laughs> Do not have to go to a public bathroom mm. and take care of a period. Yeah. Why can't I work from home on the week I have my period? Oh, I definitely believe that, like, that should be built into work contracts. I don't want to be dealing with my period in a public bathroom. No. It, it just pisses me off. Also, like, I also find um, the line between being... Um, I'm blanking on the word right now. The line between being sustainable and also being efficient is really freaking hard for me. So if I want to be sustainable to the earth and not use like pads or use a majillion tampons, like I try to use things that are reusable, you can't fucking do that in a public bathroom. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not really sure like, I'm not pulling out a diva cup in, in a public bathroom. <laughs> like, and they say I, they last, those last for eight hours so you can get home. But what if you're not home within eight or hours? Or what if I'm having, like, an accident? I'm bleeding a lot and, like, it's not working. Or, like, or I put it, put it in wrong. wrong. Yeah. Or, like, I use a lot of, like, um, period underwear. And, you know, if you bleed a lot, they're, they're not magic. They can, it can go through. Or, I don't know, like, anything. Like, literally any issue and suddenly you're in a public bathroom. I'm like, I need a full shower stall. Like, <laughs> this is what I need right now. Right? You just don't you just don't feel good. And so, like, the solution to, like, oh, it's public bathroom, so I'm going to use everything that's easy to just throw away. And then I'm going through so much money and wasting so much product. And then it's terrible for our environment, too. And so, like, I'm not really sure why this is, like, all on the female shoulders to figure out. You're really when- good about that because I use all the products that stay in a landfill because not, I mean, just for this purpose, because I need the only things that make me feel comfortable enough to be in public. Mm, okay. I get that. I mean, I also don't leave my house very much, so, <laughs> but I, I will say there are some companies that are creating biodegradable tampons. There's a company and pads. There's a company called August out of California that does it. Are they more expensive than how expensive the name brands are? Um, I don't, I've never like cost compared, but I like the product at least I did try. I did like one of their trial run things. I also don't, uh, can we talk? Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> sorry. We're <laughs> all over the place. Wait. Yeah. We're going to talk about tampons and the first time I tried to <gasps> use a tampon. Okay. I kind of really wish Nicole was on this podcast right now because she got to see firsthand <laughs> the horrified look on my face when I tried to put a tampon in for the first time. I was on a fucking cruise. No, stop it. And my mom gave me a tampon with a cardboard applicator. 
those. (laughs) So needless to say, I did not use a tampon. (laughs) So if there's men listening to this, like they draw diagrams to teach you how to put them in. Like the doctor, like it's like when you're first doing it, it doesn't make sense. You're like, what? Huh? Because I don't know. The diagrams never made sense to me. It's like an x-ray view of a woman's body. And it's like, I can't fucking see inside my body. Like, I don't know where that's going. And it's like, your hips tilt this way. So if you angle it at this degree, you're doing fucking geometry while you're trying to put in a damn tampon. Well, again, back to the public bathroom. While you're like deep squatting over a toilet, (laughs) trying to like, your hands are everywhere. Oh my God. This is, this is actually like bringing up nightmares for me. I'm thinking about the first time and like my mom was like, try doing it laying on the bed. I don't know why. That was because I couldn't figure it out. She was like, try it. I was like, mom, this is not fucking working. (laughs) I think I was. um, Okay. So I got mine eighth grade, 13 years old, but I got like a false one in seventh grade when I was about 12. Like I, I had like spotting or something one time and I was on a ski trip. I'm pretty sure I got mine fifth into sixth grade. No. Yeah. I was like, I was late for like with my friend group. Everyone had it. Okay. She's flipping me off right now. But my mom sits me down and just hands me the, the like inner part of the tampon, like just the cotton part with the string and hands me that and goes, that goes in your body when you get your period. And I was like, that goes where? excuse me and I'm like with what like how do you put what do you what there's no applicator nothing and then she's like yeah you just stick it in you just use your finger because they never you had them and I remember looking so horrified at her and being like I'm never getting my period it's not gonna happen I'm just not gonna let it happen isn't there any other way and she's like "Mm, not really and like didn't even tell me about pads (laughs) and then when I finally got my period a year later, like fully got it, I ran, I shoved toilet paper in my pants because I, we've all been there. We've all done it. I ran up the stairs to my mom, clutching my stomach. I collapsed on the floor and was like, you need to take me to the hospital. I'm dying. I was like, no, she's like, it's just your period. And I was like, there's no way that that much blood leaving my body can mean I survive. (laughs) And she was like, no, I'm, I swear to God, like, it's just your period. And she's looking at me like, oh my God, Ab, what the hell? <laughs> like, all your friends have it. Like, you know what it is. It's not like you're the first one. You're like, well, I don't know. I was convinced that this was the end of the world. And it then. It feels like the end of the world. The first time I did a tampon was with Nicole. <laughs> Nicole's outside the door just yelling to me, like, you can do it. <laughs> just the do support. This the women push. supporting women with tampons. It hurts so bad. And then I went and walked down the stairs. I couldn't even stand up straight. Because you didn't. It wasn't, I, in right. it wasn't in right. And no, I didn't know that there was a wrong way to do it. And my brain is just like a fucking vast hole in the center of my body. That like My mom was always like, you can't feel it if you do it, if you put it in right. And I'm like, what does that fucking mean? What does that I mean? feel it. I didn't properly, properly. I wasn't used pads until I moved into college. The day I moved into college. Oh, really? Life changer. That's all I used. Once I found pads, I went and bought them myself. And I was like absolutely not I never used tampons for years because I was so traumatized oh yeah that's why it took me to college because I was like no because I didn't know there was different applicators like I had that one thing and I was traumatized like he was like I'm good this works but can we talk about pads and leaking in high school oh yes and there's always that scene in tv shows do you ever do you remember watching like sitcoms and stuff there was always the scene where like 
The girl's walking. The girl like bleeds through onto the chair Mm -hmm. in the classroom and then has to like tie something around her waist. First of all, that fucking happens. And then second of all, the tying something around your waist thing. Been there, done Mm -hmm. that. I'm like, I I just, oh my God. Wait, were you? Okay, so I got my period younger than you, but I remember opening up a pad in the bathroom, but doing it so quietly. So quietly, as if everyone else in the bathroom didn't also have their periods. I think this is a meme. It's like, yep, just having some snacks in the bathroom. <laughs> just open a bag of Lay's. No, but Wait, I remember being I've ashamed. So ashamed. And I trying would, to do it so quietly so I wouldn't, so no one else would know that I was using a pad too because yeah. I had a lot of shame about that. That's what my shame was. Like I wanted to make sure yeah. nobody could hear me. Because all my friends used tampons. They all went swimming in the summer. They all played sports like... I, and it was almost like, oh, you just, you just need to do it. Like, I don't know what your problem is. And yeah. no one ever said that, but that's what I heard. That's but what also, I like felt. We never talk about, there are some bodies who, like some people with uteruses cannot use a tampon. Yeah. Actually, I'm glad you said that because now as an adult, I'm nearly 30 years old. I, last year I did pelvic floor PT for the first time and it changed my life so much. Because there's so much about my period about, like, I still to this day get pain if I wear a tampon. Um, I have to, like, obviously now I know how to put it in correctly, but, like, I still, like, it's not comfortable. I've never been that person who can just, like, oh, yeah, just, I just so, put yeah, it in. Yeah, it's not meant for Just in body. case, like, no, it's not meant for my body. And there's so much about the pelvic floor area of women's bodies that holds stress, that holds, like, tension, it's one fucking giant, mu- not one right. muscle, it's all muscles. When I went there, I went there like for a few weeks in a row, actually a few months I would say, and it it changed my life to be honest because there's so much about your pelvic floor that plays into every aspect of your life, your period, your sex life, your digestive system, like your physical, um, just your physical ability in your hips and legs. Like there's so in like your abdomen and lower back, there's so much in your pelvic floor that plays into other things that women have going on and no one ever fucking talks about it and they never bring it up. Like I wish I was taught that when I was 18, like there's exercises you can do basic stretches you can do to like loosen up those muscles in your body. And the lady, the first meeting, she goes, women hold stress in two places typically, obviously not for everyone, but your neck and shoulders or it's your pelvic floor. And she goes, and you might not even know it. You might just have like your stomach Constant is cramps. Kegel. Or, literally, yeah. Or like you have digestive issues or you have bloating or your lower back hurts or whatever it is. Like you, you can't have sex because it's so painful. Like nothing works. Like you're so tense. And, beca- and you won't even, I didn't even know. I was like, I, what do you mean I'm holding stress in my pelvic floor? It's so dumb. <laughs> and she was like, they did like one exam with me and she was like, you're all of your muscles don't like, you don't know what relaxed feels like all. She's like, you're sitting here relaxed. Like, are you okay right now? Like, do you have to go to the bathroom? Do you have any problems? Like, no, I'm fine. She's like, you're entirely tensed up right now internally, like your whole body. Oh, I'm sure that's me. Cause there's three layers of muscles and she's like, they're all internal. Like you can learn to relax them. She goes, but you don't know, like, I'm not going to have you do Kegels because that's just tightening a muscle that's already tight. And she's like, I need you to learn how to let it fucking go. What's a reverse Kegel. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what's a reverse. But I like, I'm, I honestly 
am so mad. You can hear it in my voice. I'm so mad that it took me until 30 years old to A, feel comfortable talking about my period, to B, understand that like there's so many other parts of our body that play into other things. Like you cannot just alienate one part of a woman's body and be like, oh, this is a problem here and only here. No, everything is connected to each other and we don't have like enough education about this fucking topic. <laughs> so we, we're doing this episode out of order. I'm saying, because we mentioned, we just an interview and we mentioned that we were going to talk about this and we just started talking about it, how they give you the basic mm. facts mm-hmm. of you're going to bleed, you're going to feel emotions. That's it. That's all they give us in school. Fucking Florida is yeah. trying to ban that conversation. To even be able to talk about it. Yeah. This is banned. 50% of the population does this. It's our body. It's, we are meant to do this, but they don't teach us about it. So we are in, sh- we, we feel so much shame, even among women, um, women. I'm sorry, yeah. women. And I'm sorry. Anyone who has a uterus. Yeah. You're right about the shame thing. Like it's funny how it's a completely natural thing that your body does that 50% of the population does that's happening around you at any given time, like other people are experiencing it, your body's going through a phase and the guilt were like, and shame that we're taught to feel about ever discussing it as if it's something gross to not be ever spoken out loud about. I am sorry. You just, just pissed me off because I'm thinking about, I am very lucky. I live in a household where we are all very open and growing up. I was able to talk about my period in front of my father and my brothers. There are some people who are told they cannot. Right. That that's taboo. We don't speak about that, that in front of them. once a month, they cannot talk about themselves struggling in their own house. Because yeah. it's gross and guys don't want to hear about it. I think back, because I, growing up, I had three older brothers. And I don't think I ever talked about my period with them. I don't think I was ever... But I had my mom. Like, my mom was very, very open to the point where I'd be like, oh, my God, please stop talking. I don't think I had talked with my, with my brothers, but they were in the room. Yeah. I also remember asking my dad to buy me pads one time. <laughs> Sorry, and, that's funny no, because yeah. guys are like, what? And that was really funny. I remember I had to go in with him because he was like, he went in. I remember he went to the, I was, because I was embarrassed to buy them. And he went in and went to the aisle and was like, well, there's way too many options. And he went back out to the car and got me because he was like, I don't know what you want. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what I want either. <laughs> like, where's mom? But he was pretty cool about it. I mean, nothing really phased. But I will say like living in the household I live, we at least had some open conversation where like if I wouldn't feel good, I could just announce it. <laughs> yeah. And like very lucky that it wasn't hush hush and like yelled at for talking about it in front of men. Because yeah. we don't yell at men for talking about their bodies. Also, I think we do a disservice to men in our society by not teaching them about how a woman's body works. And I don't mean anything, I, that in a variety of ways, but I mean specifically with like the mental system and like how that plays into every other aspect of our life. Because like the one thing we haven't talked about yet is like the mental health aspect of having your period. And like I think we are truly doing a disservice by not educating people young and educating all genders on this like natural body function because then later on when it's when something's going wrong or when it's like playing into everything's connected and your mental health is like not great 
Mm-hmm. There's so many factors when it comes to people with uteruses that like, I just feel that we're, we're not educating people well enough. And then they're left blinded and like completely out of the loop. There's a, um, an Instagram account that goes around and interviews, um, men, mostly, mostly cis men or just people without uteruses. Oh my God. I think I've seen these videos. I'm pretty sure I've sent them to you and they ask them questions. <laughs> yeah. When they're like, how many eggs does a woman release each month? And men are like, oh, eight. I think it's eight. I think it's eight. And you're sitting there just like, no, the so qu- dumb. The, the question, how many tampons does a woman go through? <laughs> One? One per period? But then on the flip side, it's like funny and I laugh at it and I know it's humorous. But on the flip side, I'm like. It's scary. These- that's scary that they don't know that and that they were never taught that because our system. These are people making laws about our bodies. Right. And they don't know how our bodies work. Right. And they also will never be able to understand that pain that our body goes through once a month. And then... And downplay it. Even when we do express the pain that our bodies are going through, they downplay, like, well, how bad could it be? Like, Or, pe- they, or they will, people without uteruses will say, well, if I get kicked in the balls, it hurts. Okay, <laughs> do you get kicked in the balls a week out of every month? Yeah, like, every hour for a week, once Just a month. Constant, and <laughs> like, bleed? Like, and have to pay to buy products so you don't bleed everywhere? Which, by the way, that whole pink tax bullshit and how, like, like we spend so much money on, like, feminine hygiene oh, products. It's just, oh, the amount of money. I'd be a billionaire. Just kidding. I wouldn't be a billionaire, but I'd have money. I'd spend it on something else, but I'd have that money to <laughs> I'd spend have it money. on something yeah. else. Guys don't have to buy tampons. Sorry, speaking yes. of buying tampons, my brother... This is something I always knew about one of my brothers is when he was dating, he always had a box of tampons in his trunk. Stop it. I know. That warms my heart. Right? And he would just, he's like, so whoever he was dating, if they needed it, he always had it. it. That's, it's okay. That warms my heart. And then I'm also sad that that warms my heart because that should just be a fucking given that you as a supportive partner of someone who has a uterus would think about their needs and have that available for them. But like he's an anomaly mm-hmm. and that's sad that there aren't more like that. But I remember, yeah, I was just like, that's wow. so wonderful though. Oh, right. He's so cute. <laughs> don't, don't, I will get, s- don't let get, blah, 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 blah. don't let that get to your head, brother. <laughs> he's not listening. He's too busy raising children. I will say though that like, um, there's so many symptoms that come along with your period that we're all just supposed to like put up with and that we're all supposed to just assume are normal where like I, the number of friends I have who just got like diagnosed with endometriosis or PCOS, like they didn't have to live like that for years. They were putting up with horrific pain every month. And every time you go to the doctor, they say, eh. That's normal. Yeah, some period pain's normal. And the fact that there's no real test for endometriosis besides opening up your body. So insurance won't cover it. A major surgery will not be covered unless they find endometriosis. So like you would want to be, you want a diagnosis. You like, you're like, oh, I hope I have endometriosis. So so my insurance will cover it. Like, which is horrible because endometriosis sucks. So I um, have ovarian cysts. I've always had, like, ever since a period, ever, ever since a period, ever since I got my period, I have been 
getting cysts and they rupture. Oh. So I've been, and they've always been on my right side. That's where your appendix is. I can't tell you how many times I went to the ER because it was so bad that we thought my appendix was rupturing. Oh my God. Appendix, not appendix. Jesus. Not. Yeah. Appendix. <laughs> that sounds funny. But that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then, so, but now I kind of know the pain. I have one inside me right now, but they call it, it's kind of gross. It, there's, okay, there's the medical term endometrioma, mm. which is part of endometriosis, but I haven't been diagnosed that yet, but it's also called a chocolate cyst. What? <laughs> it's because it's, it's full of blood. And oh, it's, and it looks dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that started to twist and it's essentially, it was killing itself. Oh. And I was like, first I was holding off because I was like, oh, I've gone through this before. It's just a cyst. Yeah, it probably it'll ruptured. pass. It'll go like, yeah. I was in so much pain that I had to go in and have to do an ultrasound. And by the time I got my ultrasound done, it was like twisting on and off. So it wasn't doing a full torsion. Mm. Um, Cause it's called ovarian torsion. So they didn't see it. But then later on they diagnosed me. They were like, yeah, it was twisting and then it would stop. Cause it was probably growing at that time. Yeah. It's currently four and a half centimeters. Wow. And I asked my doctor, I go, so what are we doing? Like, yeah, we just like- wait, is this just a wait and see? Yeah, Cause I kind of feel like I have a ticking time bomb in me. Cause like it could rupture and then like be fine, but it could rupture and I could just start bleeding. Yeah. So I, I just sitting there. I hate that that's like normal though. To have to wait? To have to wait, to have to just put up with that pain. Because like that's not like if you were to ask someone what they know about periods, someone who doesn't have a uterus and they like if they don't know a lot, like that's the t- like just even knowing about the period process is the tip of the iceberg of what your body could be doing to you. Like you have cysts inside your body. You have one right now inside your body. And it's like, Hey, BT dubs, um, business as usual, uh, just put up with it. And, uh, if it ruptures and you're in horrific pain, uh, hope you're not driving a car. Like I don't, that's Basically. ridiculous to me. And it's like, we were also at the point I was like, I, 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 I personally don't want children, but that decision being potentially taken away from me, granted it's only one ovary, but I'm also convinced my other ovary doesn't work. Don't know if that's true, but I really, yeah. from everything I've dealt with, I think I have one good working ovary. The other yeah. one I think just sits there <laughs> just hang and hangs out. out. Just hormones. Um, or it works really well and this, the right one's the only one that has problems. But yeah, four, One of them is a problem child. <laughs> <laughs> we're hoping they both. I mean, I don't want kids, but the fact that it could have been taken away from me and they were like, well, if it continues twisting, my mom was like, so if it continues torsion, like, could she die? Could she lose the ovary? Like, was it? And they're like, well, she could lose the ovary. And they're like, but if she just, if I, I continued being in severe pain, come back in. Mm. It's like, but then it would be a dead, like dead tissue inside of me. So I'd have to have surgery anyway. Oh my God. And it, yeah. th- thankfully it stopped um, twisting and torsion, whatever the fuck it's called. But now I have to have, find an OBGYN that I like because my doctor was like, you have to go to a specialist because they might want to take it out. The, uh, oh my God. The special Google doc says that they usually take it out at five centimeters so i'm a half a centimeter away yeah you're like that's big like that's not small 
That's... When I think centimeters, I think small, but then I look at four and a half centimeters and I'm like, that's, oh, how yeah. big is an ovary? I don't know. I'm Googling how many how big, I mean, I would, like a golf ball? Like, <laughs> I feel like, again, this is something I should freaking right? know. Like, that's in my body. And I don't know because I was never taught that. My cyst is bigger than my ovaries. Stop it. And an average ovary is four centimeters. Wow. So my cyst is bigger than that. So no wonder it fucking causes... It has causes, a conjoined twin. That's what it is. No wonder it's causing... Like, it was twisting yeah, as it no getting bigger it's, because it's yeah, bigger it's than it. This is, this is ridiculous. This is... We didn't even mean to, mean to like go into this, but I, it is part of a period. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. All of this... That's my point. Everything is fucking connected. Want to know the solution to ovarian cysts? What? Birth control. <laughs> Do we want to go on a tangent of the side effects of birth control? Okay. Death. <laughs> Yeah. Stroke. I, okay. I think birth control is a wonderful thing for those that want it and those whose bodies can handle it. I was on it for almost 10 years. It shouldn't be the only fucking solution. It it shouldn't be the only thing. And I was on it for 10, almost 10 years. And I will say like, it was a low dose and coming off of birth control was the worst experience of my life. And it was years long. Like, it's not like it came... I came off birth control and I remember suddenly, going through that suddenly it was like, Oh, it was a few weeks of discomfort. years, years of discomfort. Can we talk about the arm one, the arm one? So, okay. So I'm going to give a little background first because I also want to tie this into the mental health too. So I went off of birth control in, Oh my God. I don't even know. 2018, 2019, 2018, 2019. No, before that it was like, it was when we first started. You had the arm thing when you. When it all we first happened really super fast. Out again. It was around 2018. But we've been friends for. Okay. You know your body. I don't. Maybe 2017. You. you might be right. It might be the year before. What, the point is that I started having um, really bad depressive days. Super, super bad right before my period. Um, was convinced for about six months that it was a hormone imbalance and was just like convinced that it was a physical thing. Clearly it wasn't. It was, I was horribly depressed, um, but it was spiking and like around when I was, when my hormones were fluctuating, which is right before my period. So, excuse me, I went off birth control thinking that maybe that would help. I wasn't seeing anyone at the time, so it didn't really matter. I started taking like vitamins and doing holistic medicine, thinking that was like a magical cure. And then I was like, oh, maybe if I just try a different birth control It'll be okay. And so I got the arm implant um, and my body rejected it like full on body hives. And the doctor was like, oh, you have to keep it for three months. And I was. And wasn't it <clears throat> mentally attacking you? Weren't you like, I was in like the worst part? Horrifically. Yeah. Like what used to be like what got worse and worse. Like, it was a few days before my period. And then it would get longer and longer and longer. And then I went off birth control and I had this like really small window of like, oh my God, everything's better. And then I got the arm implant in, which nothing was better. I think I just was like, I think I was literally just like confusing myself. Um, Placebo effect. Yeah, entirely. I got the arm implant and I went nuts. Like angry, scary angry, so upset, hated myself. I've never felt like that before. Um, They said you have to have it in for three months minimum to see if it's working. Like it just works out the kinks. And... 
I don't even think I lasted a month and I went to the doctor I, and on top of that, by the way, that was the fit. That was the mental. I also had all the hives. My skin broke out like crazy. Um, which was just an effect of coming off the original birth control. Anyways, my, I'm still struggling with my acne years later, but I went, right. Like I went back to that doctor and they said, no, you have to keep this in for three months until like to prove that it's working. And I'm standing in front of them with like my shirt open, like showing them my body covered in hives. And I had had it for a month and a half at that point. And I said, I won't live to three months. And they were like, what? (laughs) And I looked this woman dead in the eye. And this is where my crazy came out just a little bit stronger. I said, you'll take this out of my arm now, or I'll take it out with a kitchen knife later. I remember you texted me this and I was like, oh, fuck. And this woman looked at me. First of all, I think she like, like arched an eyebrow and was like, huh? Like, you're like, it's joking. And I, I think I started, I think I was like angry crying while it was happening. And I was like, look me dead in the eyes. Like, do you think I'm fucking joking? I was sobbing and she took me into a back office and removed it immediately. And like, thank God she did. Because if I had had a different doctor who was like, no, I really can't do anything or like, oh no, I know best. And you have to head home. Like something was wrong. I knew something was wrong. And I was like, get this out. And then from then on, no birth control. And I just dealt with the waves and waves of like hormone imbalance. You want to talk about hormone imbalance, the ups and downs of coming off of birth control after being on it since I was 14 years old. Can I tell you coming off birth control has been the best thing I've ever done for my body. I, I feel emotion in a way that I never felt emotion on my birth control. My period's better than I've ever been. They were like, Oh, it makes your period better. My the, no. the only it thing was un- that was better on birth control. Cramps? No, I still had the exact same period, same cramps and everything. Mm. The only thing that was better was I never, ever had acne. I never had acne on my chest, my back, my body, my face. Never. Like I had flawless skin and I was blissfully unaware that I could have anything else. And also just the backup of knowing that I couldn't get pregnant was like really reassuring to me. I don't have that problem. Yeah, I was like, that's a very like, you know. Uh, a hetero issue but <laughs> there is it's so funny when I used to tell people I was on birth control everyone I talked to knows I'm gay and they're like what <laughs> like what are you and protecting because like, my ovaries hate me that's why but then yeah yes I still get cysts and yes I have that cyst right now that is dangerous but what it was doing to my body what birth control was doing to my body was yeah. worse yeah and um so I was originally on the regular pill which is estrogen and progesterone well, I get migraines with auras. If you're on that pill and you get migraines with auras, which are the floaty things. Yeah. You have even a higher risk of stroke. My doctor oh never my told me that. The same doctor that was giving me meds for my migraines was giving me my birth control. Oh, my God. It wasn't until I switched doctors. She was like, you, you shouldn't be on that. You should yeah, be like, on yeah. progesterone <laughs> what? only. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, what? What? I I can't I can't and then I was on that forever and the progesterone only if you don't take it at the exact time every Mm. day it doesn't work like it's supposed to granted I wasn't using it for right right preventing myself from getting pregnant I was using it for my sis so I didn't care but I also didn't keep I don't have a purse I didn't keep it on me so it was never the same time so my period was showed up whenever the hell it wanted sometimes it was twice a month oh my god 
Sometimes it was a day and then it would come back a week later and I was going insane. So I was finally like, you know what? I'm just going to try to go off of it. Well, cause they, they, it's the, it's the only thing they offer us. So like I went back in years later after I'd gotten my mental health under control and realized that a lot of like what I'd been feeling before was not a hormone imbalance, was not like a vitamin deficiency. It was mental health and I just needed to be seen by the right person. And by the way, it took so many years to figure that out. Everyone was like, oh yeah, let's just do some more tests. It's probably your thyroid. I've never had thyroid issues. My family does not have thyroid issues. I got tested for thyroid every six months. I have no fucking idea why. It's just, it's like an automatic, they're like, oh, hormone issues, weight gain, weight loss. Yeah, thyroid. But I will say that I just lost my train of thought. Hey, what are you, me today? Yeah, I know. I actually feel like you today. Um, We can go into PMDD. Oh my God, I had such a good point to make and I'm sure it was absolutely profound. That doctors don't always think about the mental health, they think. Well, there's that. Yeah, they definitely don't. Um, they definitely don't take into the mental health portion of it. Oh, I will say it was, I went back in looking for birth control, but in like a different form. I was like, I, wa- I wanted to have a discussion about IUDs or something else because I am a sexually active heterosexual woman and like... They were like, oh, yeah, no, we'll put you back on the pill. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I want to have a talk about all No, I just want to, like, discuss the options. And they were like, no, we'll schedule for you for an IUD, like, next week. We'll do it now. And I was like, I I remember being like, wait, I just wanted to have a conversation. I'm not comfortable with doing any of this. And the lady was like, you need to go back on birth control. And said it like that. And I was like, I don't need to do anything, first of all. Um, And why would you say that? And she was like, well, you're a sexually active female. And you're 25 years old. So, like, obviously you have to go on birth control and looked at me like I was like an idiot. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like I will use condoms forever. Like if that's my only option, because even the IUDs have hormones in them, they're localized, but they're still hormones. And I didn't want to take a chance after having that fucking thing in my arm. (laughs) Oh, going back. So I have two things going back to the arm. I, some people love it, but I have only, most of the reviews I've gotten from women have been bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, terrible, like yours. Yeah. Like, take this out of me or I'm taking it out myself. I only have one friend that it worked well for. And everyone else was like, friend. no. But then IUDs, I've thought about that before, too. Because they're supposed to help with cysts as well. They're so painful, though. Why don't they put us under for it? Why don't we get any pain relief Nothing. whatsoever? Localized like, not, or otherwise. It's not bad. And then I go on Reddit and read these stories. And I'm like... Hell no. Horrific. Horrific pain. And some people are like, oh, it's okay. You just take like a muscle relaxer and like, but you have to do that yourself. Yeah. Nothing's offered. Like nothing's offered. Not Like, I'm sorry. I go to the dentist and if they even like touch my teeth, I get Novocaine. I'm like, why am I not getting yeah, something Anything down that there? involves the uterus. <laughs> They're like. Even pap smears though. fucking hate pap smears. They're like, oh, you'll feel a small pinch. I'm like, ma'am, you are cutting a chunk out of my skin. They're sweeping. Yeah, but you know what? It feels it's like, like a cut. It's like a rake. Yeah, I don't like that. You're scraping me. Yeah, like, I know. It that. does not cut. It's, I hate it. I hate it so much. And they're like, oh, a small pinch. That's it. And then, like, we're all supposed to just go, oh, okay, it's fine. <laughs> relax, relax. Scooch, scooch. Keep scooching to the end of the table. Put your ass all the way at the end of the table. Keep going. Keep scooching. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> open your knees. Yeah. <laughs> Drop your knees wide. I'm like, ah. And I'm like, it's the most the, invasive procedure. And it's like, all right, hop up on the table and They undress. also give you like multiple things to cover yourself. I'm like, what am I covering? You're down there. 
Okay, it's over like, my lap. Ma'am, That's not. You gave me a tent, and you were in the tent. <laughs> like you were under the tent. Yeah. Now you're just hidden from me. I can't see what you're doing. I, can't. I mean, I don't want to see what you're doing, but it's like, I hate it. It's the worst and worst experience. But you need it, women. I don't care how much, women. Sorry, people with uteruses. I keep saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you're trying to be intentional, and I like it. You're being inclusive. Um, people with uteruses get your pap smears because they are yes. important yeah for it's, sure especially if you're sexually active they can save your life i remember i'm trying to think how much medical stuff i want to share my doctor right now is not very good at giving a pap smear pap smear smear that sounds funny <laughs> um <laughs> And it's a, it's a, it's a struggle. It My really old sounds ab- like something that goes on a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. You're gross. It's a schmear. No, stop it. Stop it right now. No. I apologize to everyone listening. It's worse than the word moist. <laughs> Ain't nobody moist getting a pap smear. Um, She's so bad at it. I had an OBJ winner who was great, but I ended up hating her for other things. I was just super un- like, yeah. I'm comfortable. This doctor is so bad. And she's like, you actually wear tampons because I don't have sex with men. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as. Your body has <laughs> not acclimated to the male body. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm not. I, I mean, I, I, I only... You have no plans to. <laughs> no. And so it's not as easy as someone who has um, sex with a penis. Um, and I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? She hasn't put lube on the fucking thing. Because I know they say. <gasps> no. Because there's people who think that lube will mess it up. Okay, use a little bit. Because that fucking hurts. I mean, like, the entire process of just going to the OBGYN is so invasive and painful and like uncomfortable. Like I, I, I mentioned I have pain when I use tampons and so I don't like to use tampons. And that's why I ended up going to pelvic floor PT was cause I was having so much pain that it was like, this is actually ridiculous at this point. Maybe that's my thing. Maybe it's not because I, I, I it could be, it could be a variety of things, but my, one of my issues was I went and got a pap smear and they used the, whatever that thing is called that looks like a duck the, that they opened. Is it the speculum <clears throat> speculum or whatever? Yeah, whatever is that, that is, is that I think that is it. It's either plastic or metal. And then they like open it up. And um, I was in like really bad pain. And the doctor was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, this hurts like really, really bad. Like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, stop. Yeah, my doctor was, I'm pretty sure like I'm tilted in a certain way. And my doctor doesn't, can't figure it out. Yeah. The fact that you've had the same doctor though is fascinating to me. Because every time I go, I have a different doctor. You don't have a primary care doctor? I have never seen that. I've seen that woman once in my life. She's just listed She's on paperwork. She's the only one I see. Yeah, I see a care. different person. So it's like there's a lot of people at my doctor's office who have have seen between my legs. Who have like <laughs> intimately met me. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm laughing because we said this was going to be a real mini. But this pe- a period episode we're, cannot be mini. This is multiple also, episodes. We're too fired up about this topic. There's so, we have not even like scratch the surface. We have not even scratched the surface of what we could talk about in regard to periods in relation to mental health, in relation to women's health, in relation to like 
just every fucking thing. Cause you can't separate women's health from politics. You can't separate women's health from like mental health. You, you just can't, there's no, like it's all intertwined in one way or another because of laws, because of our society, because of, if you don't have a uterus, yeah. get your laws out of my uterus. Yeah. Cause you don't have one. You don't know how it works. You don't know what it feels like. Get out. Yeah. You're also I mean, like 90 yeah. years old. I also just think that it's all rooted in control, control and um, shame and conservative beliefs that a woman's body shame. is to be like seen but not spoken about or seen but not treated properly or just used for reproduction as opposed to anything else. I have a title for this episode. What? I have a uterus, and I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> I like it. Thanks. Or it's, I have a uterus, and it bleeds once a month. <laughs> I, I think it was early when we were discussing possibly doing this topic that we were like, how do we bleed so much and not die? <laughs> like, <laughs> but also, okay, we got to talk about this. And like people who are smarter than us and more into the science and the bodies, the fact that they say it's only a tablespoon or whatever. It's a lie. It's an, it cannot face, be. Bold face. Like, what? You haven't measured my body. Like, how, okay. How much, like, you literally said it earlier. Like, how many times are you supposed to empty a diva cup? And how much does a diva cup hold? And how many times do you empty it over the course of your period? And how much does a diva cup hold? I'm going to bet that it's more than a goddamn tablespoon or teaspoon or whatever the hell is. I'm Googling how much a uh, diva cup holds. For the record, this is not a diva cup commercial or advertisement. No, neither of us <laughs> use them. I think they are a fascinating... Uh, product. I'm very scared to use one. Okay, I'm gonna sound. Uh, Diva cup. There's different models. Oh, they can be used for up for twelve hours, not eight hours. Damn. I still am not using one. I also worry about. Well, the minimum of one like ounce. Minimum of one ounce. Yep. <laughs> okay although it can feel like a lot more at times the total amount of blood loss during one period is usually about 60 milliliters around 2.7 ounces i still think that's a lie i also think that that's an average well i am that was taken average. Yeah, like if that's the average, then that doesn't mean that everyone is doing that. It just means that like some people are doing very little and some people are doing a lot and then everything in between. Oh, this one says, this is from the UK. It says one to five tablespoons or 90 or 20 to 90 milliliters. That that sounds more likely. I like the UK's answer. Yeah, me too. Let's believe them. This one, this one says how many cups? <laughs> <laughs> that I know is not true. <laughs> I just want that to be like <laughs> this a I'm young person Googling that. <laughs> this is from menstrual-matters.com. This amount of fluid would fill a double espresso cup. With their name. I will say that like, I get, we get really fired up about this topic, but I, I think the general consensus is that we should feel more comfortable talking about it. Because it's the same concept with why we talk about mental health to destigmatize this like 
bizarre shame and guilt and um, hush hush like approach to mental health. Yeah, it's 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 bullshit. And so it's the same with like female anatomy and the female body and the female experience and periods. Um, I also feel the same way about like why we should have these discussions about sex and why we should have these discussions about like sexual identity and like our own bodies, because I think there's a lot of shame and guilt in that as well. If I had known more about the LGBTQ plus community and that it was a thing and an option for me, not that it's a, not that I pick it, I would have been a happier child. Right. Because I didn't know that was allowed. Or just... All I saw was the the bad. Yeah. And it caused me so much stress and anxiety. Or or think about people who are, like, asexual. Think about people mm -hmm. who are, like, they, they are just not interested in sex at all. They want a romantic relationship, and they just don't want the sex aspect of it. And how... Like we, no one talks about that, but so many people experience that or identify that way. And but it's everything such, is sex, 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 sex. Yeah. And sex I'm not sells. saying that like, like I think sex should be talked about in like such a healthy way. And I don't mean to tie in our like period conversation to the sex conversation because I think it's a whole other episode. It's a whole other episode. And also, I also don't think that every conversation that has to do with female or people that have uteruses should also include anything to do with sex or reproduction. I think you should be able to have a conversation and separate the two. It's an organ. Right. It's an organ. Exactly. Um, But I do think we should be talking about it more often, and especially with people who are younger than us, because like the shame and guilt or the, the things, the things I didn't know and was like thrust into like situations that, I wish I knew more ahead of time. I don't want my nieces to experience that. I don't want my nephews to experience that. They should be fully equipped with all the information that they could possibly need about their own bodies and each other's bodies in order to fully respect each other in whatever type of relationships they have. I need to say there are certain states and politicians who are saying that that's over-sexualization and that they should not be learning about it, but... They're the ones that's making sexualized, like we're not, they're not being sexualized. They're learning about their bodies and about right. how to take care of themselves. And the fact that Florida wants to get, they can't even talk about it. Kids yeah. about their period. It shouldn't automatically be sexualized. Like we should be able to talk about the body and sex and hormones and like your physical experience in a way that's educational without like indoctrinating people. Like I'm not, we we do our, our country does, but people are like, how dare they talk about that? Nobody should know about that. That was a weird voice. Um, but I I get, Oh, I'm so fired up because I'm so pissed. And I'm also pissed about the, the flipping anti-trans bills and anti-drag queen bills. And I am just an angry soul right now. There's just so much going on right now politically that is infuriating on a variety of levels and is like you might, I feel like some people are sitting here thinking like, Oh, well it doesn't affect me or like, it's not like it affects every single one of us in some way or another. Cause there's no way to separate it. And you also know someone Who's experiencing, Who's experiencing that? It. Especially laws around the 
flipping human body because you know someone with those body parts. I just think like bottom line, in my opinion, like we should talk about it more and it's going to be uncomfortable at first if you've never talked about it or if you're uncomfortable, you don't know how to use what words and whatever, but like, like a little tidbit, like my wonderful, beautiful, amazing husband grew up with all brothers, went to an all boys high school. Like his mom was a nurse or is a nurse and was very open about like medical things in general. And I think that has helped a lot in his, um, perspective on life. But when we got together, I had to fight against the urge to be like secretive about my like body. Um, and I decided right off the bat that I was like, if we're going to be like true equal partners, then I, I can't have that shame. And I need to be able to speak openly when something is going on with my body because it's going to affect him too, Mm -hmm. either with my mood or with my physical being. And there was so much in the beginning that he was like, I would just never understand that situation if you've never explained that to me. If you never told me that it felt that way, I would never know. And he had a great education and he had a very educational home life too. But there's things about like the the people with uterus that they experience there's things about that experience that like cishet men mostly will never really know unless we talk about it, unless we make it normalized, unless we destigmatize yeah, that. And not less education, more education. So much more education. More education prevents th- like bad things from happening. Right. And oh, I'm getting angry thinking about different things I've heard <laughs> politicians say from certain it's, states. It's a spider web. It all connects. It all, like, not one bit of it, like, lives in a silo or lives on an island. Like, it all is connected. And, like, ed- education and knowledge is the key to us being able to understand different perspectives, but also understand, like, the needs of people's bodies. We need knowledge. We need options. I will for sure do another hour on periods with you because there's so much more we have to talk about. Like, I'm cramping right now. (laughs) We've come full circle. (laughs) Hell, we did an interview one time and I was sitting on the couch with this heating pad, this this sloth heating pad across my lap. Okay, they're called, what are they called? Warmies, I I think is what they're called. Phil bought me like three for Christmas this past year because I'm so obsessed with them. Um, you can put them in the microwave and heat them up for like 90 seconds and they hold heat and they smell like lavender and they hold heat for hours. And so sometimes if it's cold, it great. I'll put them, I'll heat them up and then put them in the bed before I go to bed. And then I'll, but a You're lot of such times an like, old lady for oh that. my God, such an old lady. but it is like, it's a period saver. Like I put on my lower back when I'm working or yeah, on my stomach when I'm cramping. So I just, I am, and I am someone who just suffers. <laughs> <laughs> through it um sorry it really <laughs> right now i'm just gonna be honest it might my, my right and my you're just supposed pain. to like work through that and not say and anything. not say anything and not make anyone else uncomfortable it's like bullshit if you had a stomachache or a headache you would say it brad like you would you would <laughs> you would mention it like brad that is i want to my like goal is to sit in a boardroom someday and be like oh damn my cramps right now and have no one blink an eye it should be the same exact thing as like oh having a leg cramp from playing basketball last night like the fuck out of here <laughs> 
anyone else here bleeding <laughs> bleed because if wait that's gonna be my opener for like my next work call <laughs> <laughs> i was actually i went out to dinner with my friends and they were asking not my friends my co well my coworkers are my friends well, they overlap there's a Venn, they Venn diagram happening there and one of my coworkers parents had surgery and they're following up on that and i was like since we're talking about that i have a giant cyst in my body <laughs> and if i ever just am in a lot of pain and can't talk to you just call 911 yeah and they're like what the fuck julie and i was like yeah we don't talk about it like a kidney stone but i'm going to talk about it like it's a kidney stone you would tell me if you were in pain from a kidney stone if someone was like oh i'm having a kidney stone i'd be like Oh my, like everyone would respond. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Those are really painful. They're what the fuck was not, why are you telling me? They were like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. No, I hear you. I'm just saying that like we can, for some reason we are all like programmed to say like, oh no, a kidney stone. And then you say like, I have a giant cyst. Bigger than my ovary. Bigger than my ovary. And everyone's like, huh? Like what? Because it's not something we talk about. But, and then we always talk about, you and I are saying we're we're open books or we, we have no filter. And it's not that we have no filter because we know when not to say certain things. Yeah. But we're not going to filter ourselves to make people comfortable. Right. And that's what I do with my mental health in the office. I'm very open. I will say there was a moment when Phil and I were, um, before we were living together, when we were just dating, I got my period like at the end of the day but I was going to meet him and then we were going to have dinner at like his parents house oh and that's I'm sorry not oh to your parents Phil oh to doing that after the end of the day getting your period so I was in like a lot of pain and I almost bailed and then I was like you know what no and so we went and I remember just asking um my mother-in-law like hey I need some Advil I'm cramping and I said it just out loud in the kitchen with everyone there. And then I was like, do you have a heating pad? And like she and my father-in-law like created a heating pad out of like tea towels for me and like put it in the microwave and then reheated it for me like three times throughout the Shut evening. Shut up. I love, I, I haven't met them. They're wonderful which is people. weird yeah. that I haven't met them. I feel like a terrible friend. Well, because normally you would have met them at like a wedding, but we, we eloped. So, <laughs> but that's what I mean. You can come from a household that's like, did we have a full conversation about it? No, but, but was it just like, you. like if you had, a you're not feeling well, so we're going to take care of you. And it wasn't questioned or anything. He came from that household with the medical parent. He even went into like a chemistry field at one point and still, know. and didn't know so much about the female body. Cause it's just not taught. And, and like, that's nothing on him or like any of his previous relationships or anything. It's just, I think I'm more open than, I'm like way more open. I'll just be like, okay, so this is what's happening. Is that my body right now? I'm also thinking, I don't know. I mean, I know a good amount about the cis male body, but I'm sure there's things I have no clue about. I also think there's probably things I don't know about my own body. Oh, I mean, yeah. like I said, 29 years old and I didn't know the pelvic floor had all those muscles. All this tension. Like, like I had no idea. I just think in general, our, our education system, when it comes to health and the body and reproduction is just like woefully unprepared. All right. I'm going to do a quick wrap up. Get your pap smears because it's fucking important. Don't, if you can't find a doctor, like if you don't like your doctor, go to a different doctor, get a different OBGYN. It's important. Don't skip it. Two. 
fuck the uterus. But also, <laughs> the uterus is a beautiful, powerful organ that creates life. Yeah. Three. This will let me a lot of numbers. <laughs> fuck all the laws that are happening <laughs> about our bodies and about taking away rights of humans. Amen. Four. Julie's cramping. Five. I don't know. Five. Good night. Fucking talk about oh. your body. Talk, talk, Be talk. open about it. Do not feel shame or guilt about it. The more we talk about it, the more we normalize these conversations that 50% or more of our, I think it's more of the population have an experience on a daily basis and educate yourself about your body. Like read. Yeah. If you're, if you're curious about something, read about it, Google it. Don't always go to Mr. Dr. Google. (laughs) WebMD. (laughs) I wasn't going to throw anyone under the bus, but someone (laughs) did. Not sponsored. I think that was a dig versus a sponsor. They do have information, but don't they let your do. head spin. If you read about it, but then read more and then ask questions once you have yeah. have the, the knowledge base to ask the questions. Yeah. And I mean, don't be ashamed or scared to ask your doctor anything, but then their word is also not law. So yep. like, feel free to question them as well. Tell them you're going to cut, cut Tell the, them you're going to cut, cut it. Ch- kitchen knife. Cut open the birth control in your arm with the kitchen knife. No, maybe not that crazy. I think I almost got like, I think that's in my file somewhere. <laughs> Probably because I remember you. T- I've told this story before to people that when they're talking about it, I'm like, um, it was so very scary. I have a friend that was told the doctor they're going to rip it out if they don't. And I'm going to be honest, it was the first time that I felt like I um, didn't have control over my body because they were telling me, no, you have to keep it in. And I was like, excuse me. And could you, okay, sorry, this is just going to a whole other topic but would you imagine being told that about a baby baby (laughs) well trying to be serious here being told that about not a baby a block of cells in your embryo an embryo a block a bundle of cells that bundle of cells yeah have no heartbeat yet it's not even a fetus yet no it's not it's absolute bullshit um something that you can't see feel or want in your body Mm -hmm. for whatever reason you don't even need to have a reason like or medical reasons that you need out and no, that's an like, abortion yeah. and abortion is not just because you don't want it there's yeah that that needs to be like its own episode because i have a lot of feelings um like about abortion in general and just uh the things that people get caught up on mm-hmm. about abortion i think there's a like a lot of miscommunication and misunderstanding about it that like again, oh my God, I'm going to say this 50 million times in this fucking episode, <laughs> like knowledge and education would handle and solve a lot of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that whole situation was like a learning moment for me. And it was a moment where I had to take like full control with my doctor and like put my foot down and people listening should feel that same empowerment to advocate for themselves when they go to the doctor as well. Ask questions. Don't be ashamed. Like you can ask a doctor anything, but then if they tell you that, oh, the only way to handle this is X, Y, and Z, get a second opinion because their voice is not the mm. only one that you should be listening to. I keep saying one more thing, but I am again. We are very, we, we, we always talk about the privileges we have. And I do want to mention the privileges that we have as white cis women. Yeah. Um, 
And that, that was your first time facing that. Yeah. Because. Oh yeah. And in a state where I know that I have more medical rights yeah. than other states. Uh, that is a privilege we don't hold lightly. Is that what I'm trying to say yeah. here? Like, uh, and everyone should not like that. That shouldn't happen to anyone. Yeah. Like you should not be overlooked or told there's only one way and be told that you're, you don't know what you're talking about. It's your body. Right. Um, that someone else knows better and they're going to make decisions for you. And mm-hmm. like, that's, that is not fair. That's not at all how it should happen. It's your body. You should have the final say and you should be able to collect as much information about it until you're ready to make a decision, regardless of whatever topic we're talking about. Your body, your choice. Amen. I'm not religious, but amen. A, I say that and a I'm not uterus. religious at all. I just like it as like a agreed. You go, girl. <laughs> Like I say that all the time. Like I'm not religious in, in any way whatsoever, but for some reason, that's like the first thing that comes out of my mouth. My stomach keeps making noises. All right. We got to go. Julie needs a heating pad. Julie needs to go to sleep. I'm going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> do, 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 do. I hear them. I always hear the outro music when we're saying goodbye. <laughs> Remember people, your uterus, your choice. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at livelaughlorazepam and slide into our DMs to share your story or provide feedback. Make sure you subscribe. Call or text 988, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, for free and confidential support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress.